0: Today's episode of Recovery Survey is fueled by Brainwash Coffee Company. I'm sure you've heard that drug and alcohol use is on the rise, especially during the pandemic. And Brainwash Coffee Company is working to raise money and awareness to support people seeking help. They donate 50% of their profits and their mission is to give back to the amazing recovery community. Their why is bold and their coffee is fresh. So if you want to sip on an amazing brew that warms your mind, body, and soul, Then visit brainwashcoffeeco.com and use promo code recovery survey at checkout to get $5 off your first order. Brainwash coffee company, simple coffee for complicated people. You're listening to recovery survey, the podcast that shatters stigmas around different types of addictions and takes a deep dive into spiritual principles.
1: I hate the way doctors, because they're so pushed for time, it's just so easy to write a prescription to slap on a band-aid, but you've got to deal with the root problem. Otherwise, people will never get well.
0: My guest today is named Helen Bratton, and she is a recovery coach from the UK. Welcome to the show, Helen.
1: Hi, Brett. So I'm Helen Bratton from the UK.
0: Welcome to the show, Helen.
1: I found recovery quite late on at 41 years old, but... At least I found it. And I knew I had a problem probably about 10 years before then. But I was newly married. We enjoyed our indulgences. My drug of choice was the easy, acceptable and socially acceptable alcohol. It kind of held our marriage together in the end. It was the one thing that kept us communicating and sharing things, but even then I was suffering horribly from depression, which made my drinking a lot worse. I had two young children, and yeah, we at times labeled it the usual postpartum depression. But no, it it was definitely now I know so much more about the disease and how it takes over your life. I wasn't depressed. I was addicted. So, yeah, I was suicidal with my second child. Loved being a mother and everything about it. Well, the rest of my life was just a shambles. I didn't really have an existence. My emotions were not really being met. I'm a great believer that we've got to have our emotional needs met, which I've studied a lot more since coming into recovery. And yeah, once those are being met, then we don't really have the need for reaching out and using whatever was there. It got a whole lot worse after I got struck down by a massive stroke. Even then, I, in hospital, I was trying to convince my ex-husband, where well, he was then husband, to put some alcohol, just inject it into the drip, and it'd be fine. Keep all the other drugs and things that would sort me out yet according to me gin was the cure but it could have been anything mind you I was pumped full of so many other drugs I probably wasn't really aware of what I was saying but yeah I still can remember thinking that yeah I'd feel so much better if I had some gin or some wine or whatever someone was willing to bring me I even asked them to smuggle me bottles of it in. No one did, of course. And I wished then that I'd used that time to not only overcome my stroke, but stop drinking because I was allowed out once I got well enough to actually leave the hospital. I was allowed out to stay at home one night a month. and Only... I was really interested in was actually being able to drink and of course all the doctors recommended that you don't drink on all these meds and family were there saying do you really think you should be drinking well of course no one said I can't so there's a big difference between recommendations and being told no you can't and I wouldn't have listened anyway I know that and it would have been a miserable time for everyone if I had been denied it. Then our marriage did break down. We were living abroad at the time, and I moved back to the UK. And yeah, again, my drinking just escalated. I did start working again. I got a what I thought was going to be a good sort of stepping stone job. But I I got signed off that for a year because of anxiety, and now I know it was anxiety in the classic terms. It was because of the alcohol and working in customer service when you're going through withdrawals and basically, yeah, it's you're really needing to top up. Anxiety was through the roof and. I'd be sat there in tears and the slightest thing would that irk me and I wasn't really the best customer service representative that they needed on board. I got signed off work for a year and then it really came clear that, yeah, this wasn't going to work. Not once did I think it was actually down to my drinking. I thought it was fairly normal having a couple of bottles of wine a night and going to work the next morning, having dropped off the children to school. So I shouldn't have been driving because I would have been over the limit, but I got away with it and each day I got away with it. Oh, it's okay. Never seen a policeman on the way. I haven't crashed into anything. What's the problem? Everyone's alive. But yeah, the stupidity. And yeah, I still really, at times I have to be careful I don't beat myself up because it is in the past now. And it's all about the future. And now I'm a fully present mum who isn't making them pour my drinks. My four year old got taught how to pour a gin and tonic. And when I wasn't feeling very well one day, he opened up a bottle of wine and poured me a glass of wine first thing in the morning come downstairs mummy I've made you a special drink now that is just criminal and yeah it just fills me with horror just thinking about it and especially knowing a lot more about the learned behaviors and things and I don't want my children sort of learning that what do you do when you're happy? Have a drink. What do you do when you're sad? Have a drink. What do you do with you when you're angry? Have a drink. So now they well, they've seen me go through it. I've been very open about addiction because I work within that field now as a recovery coach. It's just been a non-stop learning experience having gone through my own recovery and getting well i enlisted a recovery coach myself i started out in a 12 step program but i i needed more things answered i felt there were gaps missing in my learning and understanding so i yeah i enlisted the most incredible recovery coach who actually then trained me himself Every day, I'm studying the whole subject further. I'm not saying that I'll ever be better than a 12-step program, but I satisfy the needs of quite a few others that don't want to go down that route. And I've worked with people that are going through the 12-step process, but like me, wanted additional support and help sort of the middleman between 12 step and rehab and someone I worked with very recently life didn't allow him to pack his bags for 90 days and trot off to rehab very important business young children and yeah you can lose all those things if you don't get well but we did the work and got him well whilst in his home environment where those things and daily life isn't being removed so you're having to learn to deal with it on the job if that makes sense yeah we can't shelter people too much because otherwise they come out and they they haven't learned to deal with things in a real life setting
0: yeah i i agree with that
1: yeah so quite a sort of fresh new approach now i've worked with all sorts of people from all walks of life and um, I never stop optimising my own brain and understanding of the subject on the brain science side and psychology of it and so much has come out since the 1930s. I'm a huge fan of Dr. Gabor Mate and the trauma that exists. I had childhood trauma. My children not only were traumatised when I got ill for my stroke, but having to deal with their drunken mother. But Hopefully they were young enough. We've done the healing and are living well that they can have processed that. So we'll escape the affliction. But looking back on the family side of things, yeah, we had addicts in the family. My mother and father, neither of them were an alcoholic. But there's a long history of mental illness. And all of us are dual diagnosis anyway. And there's so much overlap between a lot of our mental health so I'm a huge mental health advocate and have worked with people in regards with to their depression and anxiety with success and I hate the way doctors because they're so pushed for time it's just so easy to write a prescription to slap on a band-aid but you've got to deal with the root problem Otherwise, people will never get well. So, yeah, it's a very interesting subject. I'm currently preparing an online course that I'm going to be offering out to people covering all sorts that, yeah, the traditional go-to methods just don't cover. Filling in the gap. (laughs) That would have been a good name for it. But it's about bringing people to having a life of satisfaction because we're all born with the most incredible supercomputers in our heads, and the brain is the most fascinating and incredible thing that has ever come to exist. And with the neuroplasticity, we're all capable of doing so much, and it no one should be sort of held back by a blip in their whole existence all can be overcome
0: i love that you're offering the coaching and i think i think it's so awesome to see that there are so many more people and the the popularity of the recovery coaching has increased because i think it's so important and it can be such a vital piece for someone in their recovery to like you were talking about get to that root cause and have someone that you can work one-on-one with that can help you maybe see some things that you don't see or maybe even work on areas of your life that may not be necessarily recovery related. That would be something that you would address in a 12 step recovery or a different kind of recovery program. So I think it's important that we have those people in our lives that are helping us grow. And I feel like I end up saying it on pretty much every episode. So people that listen to the show have heard me say it a thousand times, but I, I, it's so important to say, and, and you kind of alluded to it just then is my idea of recovery is that I am now trying to build a life where I no longer feel the need to escape my reality. So so that that's like a multifold thing though. You got to address that underlying trauma, whether that be, you know, childhood trauma or, you know, whatever the, whatever like that root cause was that got you to that place where you felt that need to escape, where you felt that need to pick up that bottle or that pill or that whatever to escape that and then i'm trying to build a life where i no longer need to escape that where i no longer feel uncomfortable where i no longer have that anxiety where i no longer have that depression where the solution that that i've used in the past which was drugs and alcohol where i no longer need that solution
1: and it's a great place to be
0: yes yes it is and you you also you also alluded to the fact that you knew for about 10 years before you got into recovery that that you needed to you needed to stop drinking. So if, if you could and if it's too personal, I understand, but if you could kind of tell us what that, what the series of events was that you got to that place where you're like, okay, I need to stop drinking. Cause you mentioned going to the hospital, having the stroke and still trying to talk people into smuggling bottles in, or you asking your now ex-husband to, to put alcohol in your IV. So what was that moment where you realized I have a problem? I can't continue to live this way anymore.
1: Yeah it happened much later on and I'd recently moved house and everyone was putting out their recycling for the morning collection and mine was sort of the biggest most overflowing heaviest box on the street and a friend was with me at the time to help me do it and she said Helen do you think you might be dependent on alcohol and I was like, no, don't be so stupid. But that must have sown a seed because I did then think about it. Then I asked a friend, another friend who I knew was in recovery, and she said, I can't answer that for you. Do this survey online. And lo and behold, yeah, it showed that I was probably an addict. And I felt. Such an enormous sense of relief for that confirmation. You know, it was like because when I was drinking lastly, I would just be absolutely miserable and crying and planning my suicide. And yeah, I was in a really dark place. Although I had, on the outside, everything that anyone could wish for. And it was that realization that I felt this awful whenever I drank, and I was just like, "That's the reason." So I I joined her and went to meetings and got very stuck into the twelve step program and had sponsees. But again, I even with them, I was not your classical. Sponsor, I was dealing and helping them with their lives. My coach saw that when very early on with me that, yeah, I sort of had this very sort of growth mindset with people. And yeah, I got them through their steps and did what was needed as a sponsor, but I was going above and beyond. So I was probably the worst sponsor in the world. Because you're not meant to do that. But it was in my nature. And obviously that was my calling. So, yeah, getting people's lives on track. I think because I've had to address so much within my life as well. It's been an education that would have been wasted had I not gone down this route. And like I said, I... I think the world of the 12-step program, but it does have its limitations and life shouldn't be limited in any way. Certainly my disability doesn't hold me back. If anything, it's been a blessing. There's been every single thing that I've gone through has turned out to be a blessing. Yeah, and it'll kink in the pathway leading you to somewhere where you're really meant to be yeah i have my own beliefs and my own take on spirituality and um, but my program my work is not that centered because there i've met so many people that just won't even embark on a recovery journey because they think it involves god and or a higher power and some people have been traumatized from a young age where they've been forced into religion and, and yeah, trauma. And so they hear that, those words, or see them written on a poster on the wall. And yeah, they, they're triggered and they're, the brain doesn't, can't relate the difference between something like that or, being in the middle of a war zone i've had people come to me who have come away from the a 12-step program because they felt disempowered and they can't just hand things over because if they did they would be in a worse situation and it's being able to deal with things in the right frame of mind and in the right mindset but we have everything within our own selves to recover. So why don't we utilize it?
0: Yeah. And and one of the things that I've come to learn is, is everyone's addiction is a little bit different. And so everybody's recovery might look a little bit different. So 12 step might work for you. 12 step might not work for me, or it might be like you're talking about kind of a mixed approach. Maybe I do 12 step and I do a recovery coach or, I do 12 step and I do meditation or I do yoga or I do, you know, whatever, whatever that formula is, everyone is a little bit different. So our recovery doesn't all have to look the same. And I came in like you, I'm from a 12 step background and I have that mentality of like 12 step is how it works. Like that's how you recover. That's the only way, whatever. And then, you know, through the course of this podcast and having conversations and meeting new people, I'm beginning to see how there's so many different pathways, there's so many different viable ways to recover, and not everybody's recovery has to look the same.
1: No, not at all. And um yeah, it's just being the right fit and for the person involved. It's great that there are other options. We are very much a growing business, so I think it's something people are going to hear about more and more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Helen, we're getting a, we're getting towards the end of our time, so I would love if you could tell us a little bit more about the services you offer as a coach, if people are listening where they can find you and get in contact with you. If it's something that you do virtually, can people here in the states get a hold of you and use your use you as a coach as well or what kind of things do you offer?
1: Yeah, I work globally. As I mentioned earlier, I'm working on a signature online course. And in the next six weeks, I am going to be looking for beta testers of the course content. So if you are interested, you can just go to my website, which is www.disaddicted, which is disa TED dot coach because that's what we want to be is be dis addicted and the signature program is going to be addiction to satisfaction and then you can book a free half hour coffee chat being global and virtual I don't provide coffee <laughs> but you will have my undivided attention for half an hour yeah we like our coffee yes. it's now evening time here in the uk and i cut off my coffee at midday
0: it's still it's still kind of early here so i'm i'm still nursing my coffee from this morning
1: yeah savor it
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I'll definitely be sure to include include links in the show notes so if there's somebody that's listening that's interested in your services, they can just scroll down in whatever app they're using and there'll be little clickable links they can tap on that. It'll take you right to disaddicted.coach and you can see what Helen was just talking about the services she offers that beta test that she was talking about for that upcoming program so all that will be available down there in the show notes and that'll be real easy for you guys to find if that's something you're interested in uh Helen I really appreciate you coming on the show today sharing part of your story and I just I, I just love talking to people about recovery and hearing about people's journey. And and like we were talking about, everybody's journey to recovery is a little bit different. And everyone's journey through recovery and and getting to that other side is a little bit different too. And and it takes all kinds of different approaches. And and as long as we're, like we were talking about before we started recording, you you mentioned like, I didn't get, I didn't get into recovery till I was 41. It's like, well, at least you made it into recovery you know, it's a, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And I'm so grateful that you came on today and, and shared your story and and let us know about the services you're offering. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and this course that you're working on. I think you're going to do amazing things. And I just really appreciate you taking time out of your evening and coming on here and sharing with us.
1: No, it's been lovely talking to you. Uh, Within the website, I do have a free members section, which is linked to It's going to be a whole vault of free resources. Joining my website, you'll be able to find it. It is already on my services page. The courses, they are not, the full online courses and services are not up there yet, but they will be very, very soon.
0: Excellent. And I love that you're offering some free resources as well, because I think that can be Limiting for some people, especially early on in recovery. I know for me, i I was pretty much out of money, broke by the, when I found recovery, and I had spent everything I had on on drugs and alcohol. And I love that you're offering those free resources and that you're willing to help people no matter where they're at. So I appreciate you sharing that with us.
1: Yeah, and I also give back to charity, or I will be next year. My own coach has a charitable foundation and that helps those in recovery and also with mental health problems who may be homeless so I'm looking forward to contributing to that and I have been known to um, I like for every um, full client I usually have or couple of clients I have a I occasionally will take on pro bono clients, not a regular occurrence, but it does happen. So, if you are in touch with me, at least you're in my mind that should a pro bono place come up, then it could well be that you would be able to work with me for nothing. I would love to help everyone for free, but I can't, I've invested. A huge amount of money myself into this. And I save people hours and hours of reading and study and pulling together the information. I charge what I am worth. And let's face it, we've all spent enough on dishonoring ourselves. So, how about honoring ourselves by spending our money on something worthwhile? Long term, I take people so that they can really increase their whole life. So, increase the earning capacity, not that money is everything, because getting a new car, that's not going to solve our problems, that's not going to fill the hole. But it's about feeling complete and fully satisfied within life. And yeah, so if you want to go out and that's what you want to earn your money for then yeah great there's no right or wrong i know i've taken up more than my time so i will shut up now
0: you're you're totally fine and i i appreciate you taking time out of your evening and and coming on here and sharing with us and, and i love what you said there about charging what you're worth and and i was having a conversation with somebody else the other day that's also doing some services in recovery and they were talking about how it feels like everyone expects all these services in recovery to be free and it costs money to do these programs and it, and, and it takes time and people have to be able to support themselves. And I love that, that you do offer some pro bono spots, but at the same time, you know, your worth and you know, then this is something that you want to do you want that you want to make this the career and and be able to sustain your own life so I, I I totally back people in recovery that that offer services and they want to charge money i mean it makes sense we don't go to other places and expect things for free I don't go to the grocery store and expect them to give me free groceries or go to the wherever and expect free things so yeah I, I totally get it On a
1: plus side I'm a hell of a lot cheaper than rehab. And that's a bit of a revolving door because so many people go back in and the statistics of that revolving door are horrifying. And all of my clients, they have a full sort of backup plan and within it, I support them ongoing for as long as they need really. And to make sure that, They've hit the place they want to be and can continue to stay there. Some, I'm not saying all of them, but there are quite a few that. Yeah, people go in, they get their three months in there, and then they're out. And before they know it, they're back using and packing their bag to go back in and writing another check.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is the sad reality of of the current system that we have. And yeah, I, I hate, I hate hearing that and hearing the statistics about how low the success rate is of rehabs. And yeah, I've never been to rehab myself, but it seems like we need to work on a better solution. It doesn't seem like we're, we're doing a great job with that. And it sounds like, it sounds like coaching and being able to work with somebody one-on-one and, and, and having those plans that you were talking about would would be very beneficial for a lot of people. So I encourage anybody. Yeah. yeah,
1: Especially those coming out of rehab.
0: Yeah. Be
1: it If they've been in there for a month, two months, three months, and then getting out into the big wide world. And instead of being like a deer in headlights, they've got someone that's got a firm hand on their back and placing a foot forward each day. So, yeah, some rehabs are very good and they do put in the support on exit. But remember, it is a very big money-making system. So if people balk at the fact that I charge, at least I support and really give my all for each individual, I think actually is priceless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree. And and I wish you all the the best luck and success. And I I know you're going to help change a lot of people's lives. It sounds like you've already had several clients that, that you've had success with and that you've built those relationships with. And I just love to see people in recovery supporting one another, helping one another through this journey because we can't do it alone. And I can't say that often enough, but we cannot do this thing alone. We need other people in our corner helping us encouraging us keeping us accountable we have to have these these relationships in recovery and and have the support of other people so i love what you're doing love the message that you brought today and i I really do appreciate you coming on
1: brilliant okay then thank you brett
0: helen it was an absolute pleasure talking with you today thank you so much for coming on the show Guys, be sure to check out the links in the show notes if you're interested in finding out more about Helen or some of the free resources that she mentioned. You've been listening to Recovery Survey. If you got anything out of today's episode, I'd ask you to please leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us at recoverysurvey.com. You can listen to all of our episodes on the website as well as connect with us on social media where you can get previews for upcoming episodes.